Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Brick Films podcast. I'm your host, William of AW Studios. Joining me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Sean Woods of City Panther. Hello, once again. And our special guest today is Jeremiah of Jurassic Brick Productions. How's it going? Good to be here. Hi, yeah, so it's nice to, to finally ha- have you with us. We've been talking about having you on, on the um, podcast for quite a while, and um, I remember, I think we first came across your work, um, actually, needs three years ago now, now um, with the uh, Lego City Trash Truck 2. Yeah, um, yeah that's, that's one of my most popular videos. Or The second one's not quite... The first one is actually my most popular, but the second one still has a pretty good amount of views. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it caught our attention as it, it, it sort of seemed from the title or, or the thumbnail as like, oh, it, it, it kind of didn't look like the kind of thing we'd be into. But then when we actually watched it, we were, uh, <laughs> you know, very surprised by it Yeah. in a good way. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Particularly the animation. Yeah, absolutely. I think like um, a lot of the like wanting animation and just like, the kind of I guess like kinetic action of it is just really um, fun to watch, and um, yeah, I've I've I remember being like really impressed by it. Um, I also think there's a really nice kind of feeling of like weight, especially like when he's like uh, in the beginning when he's picking up the box and it, you can sort of feel the weight of it. I think yeah. partly it's probably the the sound design as well, but it it really does feel. You know, there's a lot of detail in the animation and even like um, the slow motion parts as well. Like they're really, there's a lot to kind of admire, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was kind of trying to go for that visual appealing, you know, kind of where you can feel the animation. That's what I, mm. that's what I kind of shoot for when I'm animating is I want people to kind of be able to feel what's happening as they're watching it. So that's. So I was really happy with how it turned out and like like the slow motion and everything. It it just turned out really well and I was really happy with how it came out. So thanks. Yeah, yeah it's something that we kind of... Sometimes a lot of us bring it up often is like a lot of people aim for smooth animation, but in doing so, they don't have any weight behind their movements and it doesn't feel like real movements. It just feels floaty yeah uh, but but your stuff has great weight to it and is smooth at the same time yeah so i really like that and um is that 15 frames per second yeah 15 frames per second that's what i use yeah i was i was impressed because i was i was wondering if it was 15 or 24 when i first saw it <laughs> yeah i honestly <laughs> i like the way like i know i've seen like all the 24 fps animation i've seen it looks good, but I honestly like the way 15 FPS animation looks better. Like, 24 FPS animation is smooth, but it's almost like it's too smooth for me. Mm-hmm. And I honestly like the way that 15 FPS looks more, rather than 24, but that's just me. <laughs> well, I agree with that. <laughs> I mean, it is possible to get some really nice results at 24, but it's extremely difficult oh yeah i mean yeah you can definitely get some fantastic looking animation but way more time consuming and it's way more difficult for sure (laughs) yeah i don't think i would ever have the patience to go full 24 fps (laughs) yeah me neither (laughs) like well i feel like it's um, not necessary most of the time yeah i don't think it's necessary either because like i mean i feel pretty good about what i've been able to to accomplish with 15 mm-hmm. fps exactly yeah when you can get a result as good as you do with 15 
then yeah, just there's no reason yeah. to consider higher frame rate. Yeah, I mean it, it works for me. I do think that with fifteen frame per se- frames per second, it kind of is a nice kind of in between because uh, you know you can you're able to do to be more smooth than like just twelve fps, but then at the same time. Um, the frame rate isn't so high that you end up with things being like too floaty. Like you can go for quite a cartoony style as well. Um, yeah. So it's kind of the best of both worlds in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is coming from someone who's never actually animated in 15. I've always done 12, but <laughs> I am, I am a fan of, of 15. Um, like, you know, a lot of brick films that do that. I think it does look quite nice. <laughs> yeah. It is a good, I'm kind of surprised. it is a good kind of in between. It just, it seems to just work pretty well for me. I'm surprised to hear that you've never used 15, William, because like, it feels like all Rick Filmers start at 15. And <laughs> yeah. get, get into 12 <laughs> later on. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of went from... Uh, I started at, uh, at 6 frames per second, and I slowly kind of like um, went up to towards 12. And then once I found out that 12 was like the lowest that um, of the like average that people... Um, kind of did i was like oh yeah it's the least amount of effort but still looks okay it still looks good so i just well, like 12, 12 requires more effort in my opinion <laughs> well yeah i think i definitely think that um like 12 when i was when i started using 12 fps i kind of um you know it took me quite a while i never even considered like changing frame rate from there i just kind of managed to just like improve within 12 frames a second i think but yeah, I guess this is something I've I've I don't actually mention much, but I've never actually done um, above twelve, which is quite funny. <laughs> yeah, I like. I mean, twelve. I like. There's some twelve FPS brick films out there that I've seen, and I actually kind of like the way it looks. It kind of has mm-hmm. a nice aesthetic to it. Yeah, I think it suits stop motion really well. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've I've been going down. I started out well. I guess I started started with eight, but then quickly moved up to sixteen which was a result of using Windows Movie Maker and you you double the speed of 8 to get to 16. So that was the only thing I could use. And then eventually got down to 15 because that was the standard. And now I'm on 12, but also 8. And back to 8, but now animating properly. And I'm kind of like <laughs> trying to make other people sh- uh, see the way of 8 FPS and that it, it has its uses and its own vibe and look to it, especially yeah. uh, for comedic purposes. Yeah, yeah. I kind of started with eight frames per second too, and then I, then I would just mess around with doing like ten or eleven and twelve. I would just do like odd numbers, like then I would try like thirteen or fourteen, and then finally I just kind of settled on fifteen because it just kind of seemed like the best one to like. Like I like the way it looked, so I was like, I'm just gonna stick with fifteen. But I did kind of mess around with several different other ones when I was starting. But ultimately, I just decided to go with 15. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a funny thing. People starting out with brick filming, you often hear that they're they're trying out like completely random frame rates. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely that, that aren't standard. Yeah, uh, or else just from limitations like like what I, why I had to use 16 at the time, which is weird. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, how did you get into brick filming? At first off. So, started about seven years ago, I would go onto YouTube and, are you guys familiar with Michael Hickok's films? Yes. So, 
I would go onto YouTube and I would watch his videos. I would get on there and I would just binge watch them like crazy and I loved them. I watched every single one of his videos probably two or three times. And after doing that for a while, I was like, I got to thinking, I was like, you know what? I want to try this out and see if I can do this. So at the time, I had uh, a little iPod and I downloaded this app called Lego Movie Maker. And I just, I would get that, I would open up the app gets a Lego figure and I'll just literally just sit down on the floor and just start animating random stuff. I'll get a figure, a couple bricks, make a little set and I would just start animating whatever I could think of. And that's how I got into it and I when I started doing it I really enjoyed it. So I was like, man, I'm gonna keep doing this. I wanna get better. And my whole goal was to try to get better than Michael Hickok's films. <laughs> because he was, cause I, I liked his stuff so much. So I was like, man, I just want to make better videos than Michael Hickok's. <laughs> I don't know if that's kind of, but that was just my goal. And then so like I had that iPod and that app and I just, I would just start animating random stuff and I just really enjoyed it and I kept doing it. And that's how I, that's how I got started in the brick filming world. <laughs> So what camera are you using now? Well, if you can believe it, I use an iPad. Really? Huh. That's, yeah, I was kind of thinking that it's... I had that impression that you're st still using an iPad. I don't know if it was from a comment or something. Yeah. But yeah, you get definitely get very impressive results from it. Yeah, it's definitely challenging, but I mean, it's just it's just worked for me. So I've just... That's why I've just kept using it because it just works and I've just... I've kind of figured out how to use it and how to maneuver it around my sets and it just works. So, I mean, eventually I definitely will upgrade, but it's just been working. So I'm like, hey, if it works, I'm going to keep using it. Yeah, I mean, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if it ain't broke, don't fix <laughs> but it. But like um, with um, the iPad, do you, uh, what software do you use? So I use a software called Stop Motion Studio Pro. It's actually, it's actually really good. I really like it. It has a lot of features built into it. Like um, it's got onion skinning and then it's got like the masking tool built into it, which is, I don't know what I would do without masking because like I use a ton of sticky tech when I'm animating. So I have to be able to mask to erase the sticky tech so people can't see it. So that's why one of the reasons I really like it is because it has like built in tools that, that work really well. That does sound useful. I've always just used like external image editing programs for masking. Yeah. So I, I probably add a whole bunch of extra steps to the process. <laughs> yeah, that's why I like it because it's just right there in the app and it's super easy to do it. I don't have to like send the images over to my computer and do it on there. So it just works great because it's all built into the app. Yeah, I mean, I got a s sort of similar. I mean, I use a, a software that like no one's heard of called... Um... ZU3D and um, like <laughs> it has quite a lot of the features like that like uh, masking and stuff and um, it just I, I, I don't know because I know that a lot of people use um, Dragon Frame but I just I just keep using it just because it's I don't know <laughs> it's never got around to getting a different software yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean like I said it works and might as well just keep using it <laughs> well I, I am always telling people yeah. to buy Dragon Frame. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I'll probably. Up, I'm gonna. Whenever I do upgrade, it's probably gonna be Dragon Frame. So, because I mean, I hear it's like the best if you're gonna 
if you want to get like a professional software, it seems to be like the best. I haven't really seen any other ones that would be better. So it'll whenever I upgrade, it'll definitely be Dragon Frame. Yeah, I mean, even though I did go without software for, I guess, over ten years, but as soon as I got Dragon <clears throat> Frame, I, I I realized why why everyone likes Dragon <laughs> Frame so much. Yeah. So. Just something I just thought was quite interesting. Um, your um, highest viewed brick film, Lego Tra- uh, City Trash Truck, has uh, got uh, yeah. 133 million views. <laughs> and it's like that. I guess yeah. that's like <laughs> I, I can't. Yeah, and so that's probably Go that's ahead. up there with like some of the most viewed brick films. So I guess that's quite. It's quite funny to think of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I couldn't, I don't know how, like, I still can't figure out why it was that particular video that got that many views. Like, it's just crazy to me. I don't know. Like, like if you think of, like, 133 million, like, that's a pretty big number. And, like, <laughs> I, I just can't believe that many people wanted to watch my videos. Like, it's crazy. Like, I can't believe it. And I still can't figure out, like, I don't know why it was that particular one, like, I guess people just liked it, but I think it's pretty crazy to me. But it's pretty cool. Well, the uh, the YouTube algorithm works in mysterious <laughs> ways. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Some things get picked up and some don't. Yep. I guess YouTube... I'm guessing that one must have got into YouTube Kids with, if it has over 100 million views. Yeah. I, I mean, something must have happened because none of my... I mean, I have other videos with over a million views, but none of them have got that many views. So it must have just been the algorithm must have been nice to me or something. (laughs) (laughs) I actually had no idea that that one had that many views. Because, you know, like Lego City Trash Truck 2 was kind of being shared around in like discords and stuff. So that's that was like my introduction to your stuff. So that was kind of like my impression of of a major work. You know know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So to see that the first one has over 100 million, it's like, whoa. Yeah. It's it's pretty crazy, but it, it's really good though. <laughs> you know, yeah. u- usually these brick films with the uh, hundreds of millions of views, they're uh, you know, <laughs> they're not this good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I the second one, Lego City Trash Truck Two, like it's definitely I, it's definitely better than the first one. Like I, it what I I don't know like why, because the second one definitely is better. Like I definitely think it's better. But for whatever reason, the first one, like I said, I don't know, this must have been the algorithm or something. Because <laughs> like I, the second one is definitely the one that I like better. Definitely put more effort into the second one than I did the first one. Like with mm-hmm. all the uh, action sequences and whatnot. But the second one still did pretty well. Just definitely not 100 million though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do like the second one better, but still the first one, uh, like for the stature it has, is a... A much better example of brick filming than than the usual hundred million or or so view brick <laughs> film. I'm actually wondering, have you ever seen a brick film called The Letter? The Letter. Um, I don't. I'm not sure. Sounds kind of familiar, but I don't think I have honestly. It's quite old at this stage, and it was very popular at the like early on on YouTube. It's from 2003, but somebody uploaded on YouTube in like 07. And it was one of the major brick films of the time. It's pretty reminiscent of this kind of style of brick film. Uh, really? Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't so think I, I've seen that one. For a while, I've kind of been wondering if the people who, uh, if like the people who make the most well-known works in, the, in a style like this, if they actually know the letter or not, because I feel like it, it must have had influence somewhere along the line. I'm just wondering how direct it is yeah. by now. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that. I'm gonna have to check it out sometimes. Yeah, it's a, a big time classic. And uh, we, you know, a regular when it comes to the podcast in terms of uh, brick films that we mentioned. So. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Usually, we're talking to people who've been around for a long time, and uh, the letter would have been a big influence on them. <laughs> Which um, actually, so yeah. like outside of like um, Michael Hickox, um, who else are like your big inspirations? Uh, definitely, Forest Fire One Hundred and One. Um, Twicker Brick, really like his stuff, and Mind Game Studios. Yeah, those three are definitely some some of my bigger inspirations. Back when I was getting started, and now, like I really love all of their work. But Def- Forest Fire One Hundred One is probably my main inspiration. His stuff is crazy good. I can totally see the influence from all three in terms of uh, fluid animation. Yeah, that's ever since I first, I don't know, I can't remember when I first saw his stuff, but like the fluidity of his animation, like it, that's what inspired me to like get, I wanted my animation to look like that. So his like, just how fluid it is, it was just, it inspired me like crazy. So that's, that's one of the things that made me want to just like make my animation even more fluid was seeing how smooth and fluid his was because his it's just crazy how good his stuff is yeah and uh at the time of recording this i believe he's releasing a new film tomorrow yeah yeah i can't wait to i'm super excited to see that yeah i've been watching some of the streams and uh it looks like he's taking it to a, another <laughs> next level oh yeah it seems like every one he releases they're always out they're always a next level. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I know, um, like, in 2015, when he released um, the Captain America Nazi Zombies, like, that seemed like the, the you know, the, the highest you could get, you know, in terms of, like, quality and everything. But, um, like, I think, I feel like he's sort of kept, he's kept at that kind of level, I think, uh, with a lot of his films. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he definitely has. Yeah, I remember waiting for that one to come out, that, Captain America Nazi Zombies and watching it I was just like my mind was just blown like I was just like how how did he do this it, it was just crazy that that honestly might be one of the best brick films of all time like animation and quality wise I kind of feel like people who've been around for many years in brick filming oftentimes they sometimes kind of get into a groove like they kind of don't improve you know they they reach a bit of a ceiling and just kind of plateau there. Yeah. And, then, and then there's other people who uh, are constantly pushing the bar. And it's like, they, they'll only bother to make something if it's going to be better than the last one, you know? Yeah. And like, <laughs> and I think that's where he's at now. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things I've noticed with some Brit filmers. It's like, they always just kind of stay the same. And one of the things that I use, one of the techniques that I use to like keep improving is I purposefully try to come up with ideas and techniques that I know are going to be hard to animate. And then I think like, like if I come up with an idea and I'm thinking like, man, I don't know if I can do this or it's going to be too hard. That's, that's what I want to do. Yeah. 
Like as soon as you think it's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Like if I come up with something, I'm like, man, this is going to be super hard. That's the kind of stuff I want to do because the only the only way you can improve is to challenge yourself. Because if you just if you just stick to the stuff you've always done and you just animate what you know how to do, you're not going to get anywhere. Like you have mm-hmm. to you have to animate hard stuff and you have to try like you have to try different stuff and you have to try techniques that are harder that you think you can't do because only then are you going to improve. So that's what that's what I've been doing like since I started. Like I'm just constantly thinking, okay, how can I make this video better than my last video and like what can I do this time that's going to be even more challenging. So that's what I'm always trying to do is just purposefully trying to come up with scenes or techniques or ideas that I know are going to be hard because then that's where you see improvement. Yeah, I think I think that's that's spot on. I mean, that's like definitely um what I always think is um like something I always try and think about when I'm like making a new brick film is I deliberately try and focus on something I'm not like I I need to improve on. Like like a um I for for a long time I I wasn't very good at animating fight scenes so like you know like the actual action of you know fighting and stuff and um I I specifically started a film where uh, I think it was Outman episode 5 where I I I felt like I I wanted to this was the film where I actually make good fight scenes and I I like you know I, I really kind of like studied like I like a uh, mind game and I, and other animators like that that did root some really good fight sequences and i just kind of like this was and i know it was going to be difficult but i was like this is the film where i improve on that you know and um i'm always like that with with a lot of with a lot of like scenes and stuff i come up with i feel like um i want to i want it to to be a challenge um in order to actually you know for it to be good because i think as well especially like these days when there's just so much content to actually kind of like do something impressive is just really hard because it's just like the amount of content is out there. It's so true. you you know, in order for it to be impressive, it's got to be pretty hard to do. <laughs> yeah, but I also feel it's just gen- genuinely more interesting and enjoyable to do something that you're unsure about. You know, like you could animate a walk cycle all day and it'd be easy, but it'd yeah. be boring. Yeah. 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 If it's not a challenge, then you're not going to see any improvement. If it's just what you know how to do, then you'll just keep doing what you know how to do. So if you want to improve, then you got to challenge yourself. And I just love the feeling of like not knowing how it's going to come out. <laughs> yeah, same. And then watching it back. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of the most... You're happy about it. That's one of the most satisfying parts about brick filming for me is like doing a hard scene and not sure how it's going to come out and then watching the result and it looks how you want it to look. It just, it's such a good feeling. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or even if you're surprised by how it looks. Yeah, that too. Yeah, that that's definitely happened to me before. Yeah, like it could be even better than you hoped, or it could be funny in some way mm-hmm. you weren't expecting or something. I think, yeah, yeah I think sure. like, you know, a great brick film is a result of like, uh, partly it's like uh, things coming out exactly as you had planned. And then also the other side of it is things coming out completely different to how you planned and in some ways cases being better you know it's a combination of the two i think oh yeah i agree 100 percent, definitely yeah like sometimes i even i i've probably said this before but like 
I have an idea of how to animate something in mind, but then once you're actually doing it, it almost feels like the figure is wanting to push in a different way and you kind of <laughs> yeah. have to follow it, you know? Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. There's definitely times when you're like, you want the figure to go one way, but because of it's how... saying, no, how about this other way? <laughs> yeah, because of how they're designed or, and, or whatever, like, you're trying to go this way, and he's like, nope, I gotta go this way, so you just mm -hmm. gotta kind of, you just gotta adapt to what's what's going on. And then you realize it's right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I um, you never underestimate the kind of, I think, the, the kind of the power of uh, just, like, I guess, in, it, like, making stuff up on the spot as well, like, I think... Well, not necessarily making stuff up, but like yeah. when you when you kind of like get around to like animate specific like shots, and the animation just comes out completely differently to how you imagined it, but it comes out like looking great, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, you want to be able to go with the flow. Like you don't want to be locked in and just think, oh, it has to go this way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can be trying to get it one way, but you just you gotta go with the flow and it might turn out even better than you thought. Yeah, sort of relative to like uh Thack, which is coming up soon, which um I don't know, have you have you heard of Thack? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've never entered but I definitely I like I like to watch all the entries, but I haven't uh actually put in an entry. Yeah, because I think that's um a, a great kind of like uh test of just seeing how much you can come up with just pretty much by making stuff up on the spot pretty much um like i think yeah. a lot of it is you you have no idea what the end result's going to be and it just kind of yeah it can be a bit it can be a bit uh like tiring at times but it it definitely can be quite a, a an enriching experience you know when it when it goes well yeah <laughs> yeah i imagine mm -hmm. cuz don't you have like, isn't it like 24 hours yeah you yeah. have yeah <laughs> man only 24 hours yeah I don't, that would be definitely be a challenge so yeah maybe... i think your entire mindset is different during tech oh yeah yeah i bet but um what's your lighting setup like um it's pretty simple honestly just normal desk lamps from like uh, walmart I usually have. I, I really like the the like sort of blown out windows, the glowy look, and you can see it in Lego Jim fail. Oh yeah, yeah. I started doing that recently. I because I tried it probably. I think I first started trying it in the Lego City bank robbery video, and I really liked the way it looked like with the kind of blown out look. So I started doing it more, and it just I think it looks really good, and it works kind of saves time for having to like build a scene outside and have a scene outside the windows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the reasons I like it. Cause like it's a really good look, but it also like, I don't have to set up a whole scene. Like that's going to be what you're seeing through the window. And it's just yeah. the blown out look. I really like it. Honestly. I like the look as well, but that is certainly yeah, one of the big reasons why I chose it for what I'm working on. So that I wouldn't <laughs> have to have continuity with what you can see at the windows. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of my main reasons for doing it, and it just—I think it just looks great. Mm -hmm. And it's nice that it's like white looking, like natural light. Yeah, yeah. I just the the lamps I have—they have these uh, adjustable, so I could just 
stick it literally just stick the lamp behind the window and turn it on and it it's the perfect effect <laughs> yeah and but then yeah do you just, cover up the gaps in the bricks oh uh, yeah yeah usually yeah. i just get like some dark paper some well actually just yeah just dark paper usually and stick it behind the cracks so it's not coming through the cracks yeah it's one of those things that i feel like people don't think about but then once like once it's pointed out to them, they kind of can't unsee it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's definitely something um, I've I, I sort of become aware of now looking at some of my older stuff. Um, and actually, there was a I think it was my my bro entry in twenty eighteen, um, Bosco's Opus, where I did this this alleyway shot, um, and in the alleyway, there's like um, there's like two windows. And I didn't think about it, but like on the on that wall where I didn't actually kind of like actually make like, you know, behind the windows, you can see that I didn't actually build a wall and you can kind of see like the other side of the, of the road and that kind of thing. Uh, that, that, that really annoys me now. It's sort of related to that. But, you know, like when you kind of build a set without really thinking about like what you can actually see that's not supposed to be there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's amazing what like what your eyes can essentially just gloss over, you know, until you learn something later or have it pointed out to you. You you don't even think about these things until you know a few years down the line. <laughs> yeah, true. Like I watch my old films and I I see things or I hear things in the audio and it's, I just think to myself like, how did I not take that out? You know, like there's like a mouse click at the end of a line or something. <laughs> <laughs> It seems yeah. so obvious. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's just super easy to just gloss over it, like you said, and then later on you watch it and you're like, "How did I not notice that?" <laughs> <laughs> For like literally a good like you say like two a couple of years that I, you know I, the first couple of years that I was brick filming, I had like no idea that um, the hands were the wrong way around, and <laughs> <laughs> now I look I, I look at all my old brick films, like from, I think it was like seven, 2017 and before, and they almost always got their hands the other way around. It really annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> like the minifigure's hand, is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, like, because I didn't actually realize, and this might sound quite dumb, but I I didn't actually realize that the 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 right side, the, you know, the top side of the hand could actually be used as a stud until like a couple of years ago. So I wasn't even aware that really? I wasn't even aware that um, there was like a a white way up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> but there's plenty of old brick films where the hands they they have no consistency whatsoever. You know, they might just be sideways or sometimes upside down, sometimes not. Yeah, I've noticed that in some brick films, like they'll have them backwards or sideways or <laughs> it's all over the place. <laughs> it's kind of funny that different trends come and go like how in a lot of old brick films minifigures would like spin their hands around 360 degrees oh yeah yeah I've definitely <laughs> seen those where they have the figures talking in their hands just sitting there rotating as they're yeah. talking <laughs> which you basically never see anymore yeah I mean yeah. There, was a pe- there was a period of time where people thought that that kind of like all the animation could just literally be that during dialogue scenes and uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. I like, I've started, I don't do a whole lot of dialogue in my brick films, but whenever I do, I try to do like more like body movement and like mm-hmm. trying to make it more realistic rather than just having like them move their hands or something. So like have them like move their body and like that. Cause I think that looks a lot better when the, when you have a figure talking, like if they're moving their body and like with the, with the voice, I think it looks so much better and more realistic rather than just like if their hands are just moving. So that's yeah. what I try to do. I try to do like realistic body movement as much as I can. Yeah. I definitely like to keep a, a flow with the whole body throughout a line. Yeah. Yeah. I love the way Forest Fire 101 animates his figures when they're talking. Yeah. Well, I do think as well, like with uh, when it comes to dialogue scenes, especially if it's like a, a extend, you know, quite quite a long dialogue scene, you don't want to just end up with repetitive animation. And I think if if people, if you just do the the arms and move the head occasionally, like you know, there's, that is going to get quite stale very quickly. And um, I do think having a having kind of sort of like subtle and just I guess natural looking uh, in in a I guess in in the Lego kind of way um, of like you yeah. know dialogue animation it it can add a lot. Um, oh yeah, it adds a ton for sure. That's the thing I think like I think a lot of people, uh, especially when they start out, don't really think about uh, is like if you have a scene, especially if it's like a quite a long dialogue scene, you want to make sure that it's visually interesting and not just like two people talking yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's some of my main goals when animating is i want it to be visually interesting and like i want people to be able to feel the movements and feel the weight of certain objects like if it's a heavy object i want it to look heavy and i want it to be like appealing to the eye so like that's my that's what i shoot for when i'm animating is i try to take a more realistic approach like i'm always trying to just make it look as realistic as possible and just like really have people feel the animation i think it's great that it, people in brick filming like approach brick filming from an animator perspective yeah you know we were talking about like dialogue with the hands spinning around and stuff i feel like back then people didn't really give much thought to the animation they just had to do it to get the dialogue out yeah they were just like <laughs> just gotta do something to get the dialogue out <laughs> Yeah. I know that there are some, you know, that I've seen some book films in the past where it's like a, like a one and a half minute long uh, dialogue scene. It's just like two frames, you know, cuts from one character mm-hmm. then to the other character. And it's like, there's so many ways that you could do this in a in an interesting way. <laughs> yeah. But obviously sure. I'm, I'm kind of aware of that, you know, people that do that kind of thing are probably starting out. But yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I sometimes like i mean i know i was kind of like that for years like i just kind of uh, you know i I learned at the point when i did and kind of didn't improve for a long time it just kind of fell into the the groove you know not not shooting things particularly interestingly and treating the animation as just a oh i just have to just raise the arm maybe they lean forward on this word (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah I'm glad that now people get into things and and learn about like actual animation technique. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I guess um, a lot of it, you know, it sort of depends on 
how you start approaching brick filming in do you get into brick filming through wanting to tell stories or is it more of the kind of like um the animation side of things because i do feel like um either way you kind of like you you kind of grow to to like to do both i think Mm -hmm. and um there's a lot of people feed the other yeah yeah there's a lot of people that kind of maybe get into brick filming through wanting to just like tell a story but then over time will grow to really love you know really become passionate about the actual animation side of things and i think it's the same with the other way around as well but if it's visually engaging it'll tell your story better and you know good animation is part of that yeah if you combine the two of them then that's when it's that's just when it's a really great film when you've got the good looking animation and the good story that's that's what makes a really good brick film yeah i do think that uh, a big for me like a big um point that really kind of um pushed me to kind of improve a lot was just i, I remember i did a, a contest entry um in i think it was in 2017 and i wanted to just kind of like this time i wanted to tell a story just through visuals and like you know the music that will accompany it and whatever and i was just like i wanted to see how if you know if i could do it and through that i just kind of thought more about what the actual visuals were and everything and i think from there i kind of i started to kind of realize that my main passion with it all is kind of you know i i learned my kind of passion for the animation and also like cinematography and stuff i think from that just trying to do something without dialogue and i think that's a big yeah. thing that's yeah. that sort of pushed me towards um improving a lot i think yeah yeah i'd recommend if people people who like I, like i was if you're making films that are primarily about dialogue yeah try one with that try one with no dialogue and all visual storytelling and <laughs> yeah. you'll be forced to learn even if you don't realize you're learning <laughs> yeah definitely i i do, I do sort of strongly believe as well as like if you if you make the big project you know that uh that in you know where you improve a lot like if you if you keep going if you continue um you're just gonna keep improving. Oh yeah, definitely. Like that, the experience you get from a big project like that, you will it will stay with you forever. I think. Yeah, definitely. So, um, something I noticed um, on your Instagram is that um, you've been well, actually you're also on YouTube as well. You've been collecting um, the uh, Fiver First um, like battle packs. Clo- oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Besides, besides using like Legos for my brick films, I'm a huge just Lego fan in general, and Lego Star Wars fan mainly. But I do collect other things. But the majority of my collection is Lego Star Wars, and yeah, I've I've definitely been collecting the Five of First Battle Packs. I have, I think I've I have fifty one of them right now. <laughs> I guess we'd be obliged to ask, will they be put towards a film? <laughs> um, it possibly, it could be, maybe sometimes. Although I mean, could it could happen? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just a huge fan of the clones. So anytime there's uh, Lego sets with clones in them, then I gotta collect them. <laughs> I guess come to think of it, though, nobody likes animating crowds. Oh yeah, crowds is crowds are super hard. When you have multiple things moving at one time, that 
for me, that's one of the most challenging things to do in a brick film is like a crowd or something. Or a scene with multiple things moving at the same time. That's yeah. when it gets that's when it gets extremely tedious because like if you you gotta make sure to remember to move every piece that's moving because mm. if, if you forget to move one then it's not gonna look good so those kind of scenes are definitely the most challenging for me yeah the first time I did a crowd scene or like a pretty good sized crowd scene was in the Lego City bank robbery in the opening shot when the camera is kind of panning over the bank in this several figures just down there doing their thing that was the first time i kind of tackled a multiple figures moving in the same shot and i really like how it turned out but i just remember animating and i was like man this is this is hard but it turned out really great and i like how it turned out so but it definitely challenging i do think it definitely can be quite rewarding uh if it comes out well um, one of the things that you always have to you always have to keep in mind, I think, as well, when you, when you've got big crowds, is uh, if they're like all walking at the same time, you have to be they can't be at the same time with each other, otherwise, it just looks... yeah, yeah, oh, that's the most annoying <laughs> yeah. thing. <laughs> they can't all yeah, yeah put put their the same leg forward in the same frame. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you it it'll just look too like robotic yeah. or something if you do that. I mean. If you were to animate a clone army, um, I guess it could work in that case because they were, if they're like marching as a as a troop of soldiers, then it could kind of work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you had like a group marching, then I suppose it could work doing all the leg, like one leg forward at the same time. Yeah, if you had a if you had a marching scene like that, I mean, I suppose it would work. But any other time, I feel like that would just look kind of odd. But I, I always find well, recently I've been finding that. I, I get hung up on like each individual figure and like I'm watching the playback and trying to think like oh is, th- is this guy in the crowd moving nicely but it, it really doesn't matter like if it's a crowd nobody's scrutinizing the individual character animation of one figure so I, at some at some point I just have to let it <laughs> yeah. go you know <laughs> yeah yeah true yeah if there's one little minor thing most people aren't they're not gonna zero in on that one guy and be like okay I do not like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wobbled in that one frame. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was like a, you know, you have something like forest, or like a forest fire kind of video, but then there's like one character that doesn't move in one frame, then it's it's a it's a automatic five out of ten, you know. <laughs> it ruined the film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whole thing's ruined. <laughs> yeah. Or like, if you have a bunch of people walking, like. You, you might end up having them walk with, like, their right leg goes forward twice in a row, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've had that happen before. That That's always annoying. For me. Yeah. Yeah. It's annoying when you make the film, but nobody else knows. Yeah, nobody it. else is going to notice it, but when I'm watching it... Yeah. Have you ever done that thing where, like, you're, um, you're following where you know how the leg is moving and you accidentally do the same with the arm so that the arms and the legs are moving like the left arm and the left leg are are both going up and down at the same time oh yeah (laughs) yeah i've had that i back when i was i've only i've only had that happen back when i was like just starting but i haven't really had that happen in a long time but it has happened before i just thought you just gotta always remember 
when one leg goes forward, that arm goes back. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I tell myself. Yeah. But it hasn't happened in a while, but it has happened before. Yeah, that's I feel like it hasn't happened to me in a long time either. It's just so ingrained in my mind. Yeah, it's just so beaten into my brain. It's just like, I just know what to do. Although recently I've kind of decided like, sometimes it looks fine to just not move the arms at all. Like the arm swing in brick films is often pretty exaggerated compared to like real life yeah it's definitely exaggerated but i think it definitely looks way better with the arms moving even if it is a little exaggerated yeah i honestly don't really like the way it looks when they're not moving i think it's just doesn't it looks kind of unnatural but even if it is a little exaggerated i think that looks better than not moving them yes that's that's just me though or I guess I'd try to move them just a, a tiny amount. But sometimes, like, yeah. if I don't want to have to bother thinking about it, um, or, or if it seems to suit the character, like, they're more subdued, I might just leave the arms. Yeah. yeah. There's certain scenarios and certain cases when it might look better to just not move them. Yeah, I mean, there was one um, scene in um, my, latest, my latest break film where it's quite like a, like a two and a half minute long dialogue scene. And the one of the characters is pacing up and down the room, and what I didn't feel like um, in that situation, the arms moving really worked. So I actually just kept it kind of like, um, yeah, I kept them static um, in some of the some of the cases, just because I kind of thought of it as being similar to putting your hands behind behind your back kind of thing as you'd walk. Yeah. Um, just if you're yeah, pacing up and down, sometimes it just feels like it would suit. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, also there's definitely certain times when it when it would look look better to have them not mm-hmm. moving. But come to think of it, most of the time when recently when I've had them not moving, it's because the character has a cape, and uh, <laughs> I do not like animating <laughs> yeah. with Lego capes. <laughs> oh, me neither. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't know oh, how they... people make like superhero brick films or you know many Batman brick films like I feel like I'd make one Batman brick film the cape would annoy me so much I'd never make another one again oh yeah I mean yeah. I can say I can say that for a fact with my Batman films that um because like you know I, I designed the character from scratch I really wish I didn't give him a cape like <laughs> I, I I I really just want to go back to like 15 year old me and say no just like like Edna Mode in yeah, in um, exactly. Incredibles, no capes. <laughs> no capes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, capes are definitely hard to work with on a figure. But actually, when I when I did my Lego City Bank Robbery video, because that one had Batman in it, because I it, I had the newer cape on there, the one that's more like clothy rather than the old like stiff plastic ones. So that one was kind of it was a lot easier to work with than the older stiff ones because mm. it could like it, it's got more movement to it so that one wasn't too bad but it was still definitely kind of annoying trying to deal with that like while well, you got your figure moving and then you got to try to deal with the, you got to make sure the cape looks right as well but it was definitely easier than the old like stiff stiffer type that lego used to use so if you're going to use a cape then i think you should probably use the cloth ones that they've made because those mm-hmm. definitely seem to work it worked a lot better for me in my lego city bank robbery video than than the stiff ones the another another thing that i find quite difficult is some hair pieces um like have you ever had you know those like long um 
like uh like the like the princess wigs that are like um a bit more rubbery not not think... not the rubbery ones but the ones that they did for like in like around 2013 or so like uh the medieval ones the princesses with the like um the long like big hair um it's hard to kind of describe without yeah. seeing a picture but yeah i think i know what you're talking about i used to use those pieces quite a lot um there's one character again in in my in my Upman series who used to have um a long hair piece but i ended up swapping it for um a black widow hair piece just because i could actually move her head <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i think i know what you're talking about those pieces are cuz it like they kind of restrict the movement so they're kind of annoying yeah and you can't you couldn't even like make you can't even make them like sit down properly even so <laughs> Like oh, on yeah. chairs. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, she's got she she had a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one way to get around it. But yeah, I guess um one another thing I wanted to ask is um what would you say is the most difficult thing you've ever had to animate? Hmm. Most difficult thing. Man, there's a lot. <laughs> Probably I would say the slow motion mm-hmm. battering throw. In my Lego City bank robber video, you got you know where Batman drops in and the robber tries to pull out his gun and he throws his battering, and it the camera follows it and then it goes into slow motion. That was probably one of the hardest scenes I've had to animate. Oh yeah. Just because I had the camera, I had the camera following the battering as it was flying through the air, and then animating all the super small movements to make it look like it was slow motion. It was it was pretty challenging. Yeah, that that's probably the most challenging one. But man, the result I I was super happy with the result. Turned out actually better than I had hoped for. So it was all good. I, I was gonna <laughs> say was, surely it, it has a, to be something in slow motion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, that that's probably the the most difficult one that I can think of right now. Yeah, is the yeah just the slow motion. If you're trying to do slow motion in a stop motion. You, it's just really challenging because you got to do like the super small movements, and those are not not too easy. So, slow motion scenes and stop motion generally are a little more on the difficult side. But mm-hmm. I really like doing them because I like the way it looks. Yeah, it, it, it really <laughs> it's something that stands out in your films in particular because you know barely anyone ever does slow motion in brick filming. Yeah, that's why I wanted to try it out because the first time I attempted it actually was in the Lego City trash truck video, the first one. There's a scene in there where he jumps across the building and it goes into slow motion. And that's actually the first time I ever attempted slow motion. And the reason I wanted to do it, I was like, nobody really ever does slow motion. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this because it's unusual and nobody has really done it. So I'm just going to try it. And that was the first time I did it. And I think almost all of my films since that one I've had at least one slow motion scene in them, I think. But yeah, I love doing slow motion and stop motion. It's difficult, but I like it. Yeah, it's a nice <laughs> little signature touch. Mm-hmm. And it's it's definitely, it looks like it would be hard to make it look like slow motion rather than just like an animation where you got the speed wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely challenging to make it look like it flows into slow motion and then comes out. But, you know, I love a good challenge. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
there is a lot to consider when you're doing some a show like that. I mean, with with the with the Batawan one in um, the um, the yeah Lego bank robbery, did you um, use a digital like? Did you move the camera digitally or like in, in post, or was it actually? Did you move it actually like you know frame by frame? Oh, it was all frame by frame. Wow. <clears throat> so like. All of my camera movement in general is all practical and done in camera. I don't do any of it in like post or anything. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, the camera following the battering like I was actually following the battering like with the camera. So like, it's no, it wasn't done in post or anything. Yeah. So that's why that's another reason why it was super hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Adding a moving camera on top of something difficult just makes it ten times harder. Yeah. Oh yeah, because you gotta. You're not only worrying about your figures moving you got to worry about the camera moving as well so it's just like it's a lot to think about for sure when you're animating yeah. something like that and like you might have the subject perfect but then if you move the camera too much it's ruined <laughs> yeah yeah and that the fights actually i think i did i redid that several times before i even got it right so mm. it was but definitely um, challenging you can always tell when it's a a digital camera movement or a real camera movement you know like doing it for real oh, yeah. like moving the camera for real it, it like reveals things in a, in a specific way you know <laughs> it's it's not just panning yeah. across a flat image like it reveals things behind other things or yeah around the edges of them it's yeah that's mm-hmm. why i like doing like in camera movements because i like the way it looks and it like you said it just reveals more stuff and i think it just looks a lot better than like doing it in post or whatever mm. yeah i mean you might get away it's with like challenging a really subtle push in or something you might get away with in post and it wouldn't feel yeah wrong. yeah i do like like if i need just the camera to be like moving super slow like if it's kind of a steel shot and i need the camera to be just kind of moving towards the image yeah i'll do that in post but anything else like all of like the uh like my fight scenes where it's kind of got the shaky cam effect, like all that, mm-hmm. that's done in camera. Yeah, that's 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 what I'd recommend to people. All right. Like, yeah. use it sparingly. <laughs> you digital, I mean. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely, if you're just <clears throat> looking for a very subtle, like, camera moving towards the scene, then I would definitely probably just do that in post because there's just really no need to be sliding your camera forward super slowly <laughs> yeah i mean yeah it is possible with a slider but like it yeah it's practically the same with a really subtle yeah, digital like, movement yeah like you won't that's but though it's you won't be able to tell the difference between those two honestly in most situations i'm definitely in favor for of uh practical camera work. i think I, I don't i think it's it's hard to beat um and and just what you know, rewatching the um the the slow motion shot now. I'm going by, I'm going on it like frame by frame, um the Batarang. and and what I really what I really like about it um is you can see like the small details like how you don't just suddenly go into slow motion. You you kind of like it's a gradual thing. Like the it gets slower and slower uh, within like a couple of frames. Yeah. So it's this kind of like sort of like um smooth kind of like transition into slow motion. And then the same with the uh, when it goes out of slow motion, um, yeah. and yeah, I just yeah that that yeah, I just really um, it's a really impressive shot. Yeah, that's what I try to go for is the kind of kind of the smooth transition 
into it and then the also trying to do the smooth transition out of it because I think that really that's really what makes the slow motion shot look appealing is when it has a smooth transition in and then also a smooth transition out because if it was just going like super fast straight to slow like that that wouldn't look good so I think the the smooth transition into it and then the smooth transition out of it is what makes a slow motion scene look really good yeah absolutely I mean yes yeah, again I, I also just really like that your the the fight animation as well um in that mm-hmm. same film um there's a lot i really like you know you get out of socket um fight you know fight animation is really good um the way yeah, that's the first time i like the first time i tried to do like out of socket animation in a fight scene and i it it offered a lot of more freedom to like work with rather than keeping them in socket because like in socket there's some restrictions to like what the figures can do but i realized like doing out of socket like that you have a lot more freedom of movement so it actually worked out well but those fight scenes in the lego city bank robbery those took me the first fight scene i, I think i redid it i had to redo it six times before i got the result that i was looking for so it was just it was a lot, mm-hmm. and I was just, by the sixth time, I was like, man, I just got to get this right, because all, all the five before that, just I, did, I didn't like the way it looked, and I knew I knew the look I was going for, and then finally on the sixth time, I got it, and it was, it was pretty satisfying, yeah. but yeah, those fight scenes, those were, I think those are probably some of my best fight scenes. I really put a lot of effort into those. Animating fights <laughs> is one of the most excruciating things, I think. <laughs> oh my gosh, it it really is. Mm-hmm. For the longest time, I just kind of avoided fight scenes because of how they're just difficult. Yeah. But like I said, yeah, you got to go for the improve. You got to go for the hard stuff. <laughs> and and yeah, I think when you've tried to animate a fight, but with the arms in socket all the time. You suddenly realize that minifigures can't actually reach very far. Yeah, yeah. that's one of the things I ran into is like when you just keep them in socket, like sometimes you'll try to be like if you're trying to make a one guy punch the other guy, like his arm might not be able to reach all the way to his head. So it's kind of annoying. So that's why the out of socket provided a lot more freedom to move the arms and have more range of motion yeah because i think there's so much of like um uh I, i've had this before when i've been like, trying to animate a fight scene and uh feeling like wait so the minifigure has to literally just be like pretty much like the stud away like one stud away from them in order to, you know if you're doing the in socket uh, fight and um yeah and it's just like wait it, it's just like constantly having to try and get them make them closer and closer towards each other so that like, the fight can actually work and it's just yeah, out of socket. I have I have started to do out of socket a bit, and um, yeah, I think um, I'll probably continue doing that from now on, trying to do a bit more of that kind of thing, just because it gives you much more ease yeah. and yeah. <laughs> but I also like to not consider them to be locked into the stud they're on. You know, like if you want them to punch and they have to like turn, you might push them forward during the turn, like across the floor a bit. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. That, yeah, you yeah. can definitely do that. Their foot isn't, even though it'll it'll come across right, their foot won't actually stay in the same spot. It'll just sort of magically move a bit. <laughs> yeah. Just try and keep the possibility open, like, not not always be rigid with it. Yeah. Yeah. 
There's a lot of like rapid movement you can get away with when it's like a fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially when it's rapid, you can get away with a lot. Yeah, and also with a fight scene, like I've seen several fight scenes where, like, the punches just don't feel powerful. Like they just feel too. Like it feels like there's no power in like the punches. So like, that's one thing I try to go for is like, when a figure's getting punched, I want it to look like I want it to look and feel like he's actually getting punched. Mm-hmm. Like I want it to feel like a hard punch because i've seen several fight scenes where it just it looks too it doesn't look like the figure is getting hit yeah so like that's what i was going for i just wanted to feel that that movement and feel the punches and i i was pretty happy with how it turned out yeah definitely looks great in the lego city bank robbery and it's one of the harder things to to get right yeah fight scenes are fight scenes are a challenge yeah not yeah but Specifically what you're talking about, where it feels like an actual punch. Like they're actually yeah. getting hit. Yeah, that's what I was going for. Yeah, definitely. I can, I can see that a lot. I think it, you can really feel that... I can I can see that you really put a lot of thought in the, the actual impacts of the... Yeah, the impacts. Um, Do we want to head over to the showcase? Yeah, I was just about to say, what time are we on? <laughs> So, for those of you new to the podcast, the showcase is an opportunity for each of us to talk about brick films that either mean a lot to us or that we just want to talk about in general. Yeah, so my pick is um, The Astronaut, which uh, is um, by Joshua Nelson. It was um, the in SAC 2020, and uh, seeing as, like, um, well, by the time that this, this episode comes out, um, SAC would have been... We'll be kind of currently waiting to hear the results. Um... I just thought uh, it'd be a great chance to to talk about one of the entries from last year. And, um, you know, with a lot of Joshua Nelson films, I really just like... There's a lot of, like, little details I really like in his films. Like, I just think things that are very kind of, like, his signature style, I guess. Um, so, specifically, I like things like the way that the flag, like, moves. Uh, the animation of that is quite interesting. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And kind of unique how he did that flag animation. I really liked that as well. Yeah. I gotta say that, uh, you know, I guess this is probably because it's a tech entry, but I really love how the sets look stylized. Like, you've got those buildings in the background that are just the orange 2x2s with blue plates in between them. Yeah. So it's great economizing while also a a nice distinct look. Mm. And I feel like it's something that people should keep in mind for tech. You know, that you don't have to make the sets look like your average brick film. You might be able to find a way to save some time while also making them look distinct. Yeah, true. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, and that's one of the things I really like about this film is that, like, that it's, um, you know, obviously because it's Thack, it's, a lot of the sets are, are simple, but they, they're, they're really unique and interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you really push the style, it comes across as intentional. Yeah. You know? I think I really like as well, like how uh, you got like the the sky, and it's all like brick built, and you got the brick built clouds. Um, again, that's another thing I really like as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, we love brick built skies here. <laughs> <laughs> I guess um, one of the things, uh, the kind of like the shot that's kind of like stayed with me, like all this all this time. I really like how he. Uh, animated you know the astronaut like wrapping his arms around the child like how they did how he did that was really cool um i just think it looks really yeah that was pretty cool i just think it looks really nice um 
and it's quite it's a really it's a great kind of like closing shot um, yeah, I mean, it, it might be a little bit too, more funny than intended. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah, he did kind of jump in there pretty yeah. quick. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you could probably sell it a bit better if it wasn't pack. You know, if he spent a bit more time. But like the way it is, would work great for comedy, specifically. <laughs> yeah. Not to take anything away from it, but you know. Yeah. It's definitely an interesting thing to think about using that perspective where it's like front on, you know, flash so you can get away with really throwing the arms around like that because like y your yeah. mind kind of fills in the, the blanks there. You imagine that his arms are still connected because you can't actually see that they aren't. Yeah, true. Mm -hmm. I think it's why one of the things I like is that, um, you know, there's, there seems to be quite a lot of detail in set in a lot of the, the sets in the film. Uh, even though there's only like a very short one time, like within, you know, like there's like a, a couple of sets that are only in in shot for like a couple of seconds, but he's put like some effort into them. Um, like even that that kind of like I think the most detailed set is that one with the, you know, the streets and the way that he's done the brick built, um, like by putting them on the side, and like you've got like the tile road and everything. Like there's a lot of like effort put into into that and um you know it despite it only being there for like a couple of seconds and um that level yeah, of true. like of like detail um it kind of it kind of means a lot when it's a sack film i think i, I love yeah. brick built roads in any brick film <laughs> yeah yeah for sure but uh yeah i guess as as we, as it is with uh, a lot of like thack films especially i think there's not a whole lot to say other than like it is a really good film. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, it wasn't in the top three, right? No, it was. I think it came eighth. So it's it's nice to highlight one that uh, wasn't uh, technically a winner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I guess it's it's another one of those films where it's like, yeah, you should just go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, I guess yeah. Onto your pick, Penta. Uh, Okay, so I decided to pick a brick film from 2001 called The Job uh, by a guy who I don't think he really made anything else, or at least he didn't, didn't post it at the time. But The Job is a, a bank robbery film, which uh, at the time was like a bit of a... I, I think it was like a bit of an in-joke, like that, you know, there's so many bank robbery brick films. And uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if this is true or not, but there was like... It, it was said that bank robbery films were banned from the directory the the brickfilms.com directory like this might have been in like 2007 or something but it was like that was the common lore that if you submit a bank robbery film it's not going to be accepted because <laughs> there were too many of them i mean it wasn't actually true like if, it, if if one came along that was good enough it would have been accepted but that was like the impression at the time but anyway so this one's from 2001 and it is a non-minifigure brick film which is interesting and uh, yeah. especially for the time, like a lot of the character animation is quite good. Uh, there's a lot of thought put into it, especially for being with characters who are just two bricks on top of each other. And uh, and I suppose I should yeah. mention that uh, this is a film that I took inspiration from when I made a film <laughs> in, in 2014 called The Thief, which has a couple of nods to like older uh, brick films from this era. And so if you compare a couple of the shots in the thief, like the opening shot with the bank sign and a, a low angle shot when he comes out of the door of the bank, those are sort of like 
I intentionally kind of recreated the the shot composition from this film. And also I think this one has a really good ending, you know, it's really short, it gets its point across and then has a bit of a like Looney Tunes ending. And um yeah, I think it holds up pretty well actually, like even though it's old and in low resolution, the the frame rate's good and the animation is good. And yeah. still unlike what you see today, I, I guess, because it's not a minifigure. I was going to yeah. I was going to say um straight away that um I as soon as I saw like the first shot, I knew that uh, you had taken inspiration from for this for the thief, uh, like came to my mind straight away, um, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's just um, I really like it. It's really funny. I think it is in- interesting, like how um, like good the animation is, like especially for like you know two thousand and one, um, you know, because I can't imagine there were a whole lot of brick films that were like you know non non minifigure, especially at this kind of period of time where. You know, you have like some really creative and smooth animation. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's like. Um, I feel like there have been a lot of brick films, well, you know, quite a few brick films since that are like, you know, brick based figures like that. Um, but um, yeah, it kind of feels quite seems quite ahead of its time. I think in terms of being yeah, like a stylized sure. brick film. Yeah, like, I feel animation. like at this point. Yeah, totally. I think like you know eight FPS or seven and a half FPS if they were using studios was still pretty much standard. So like nothing really has standout animation from Mobile One except for this and like a very small number of other things. Yeah. But yeah, this and another film called Bank Renette uh, are the ones that I took the most inspiration from for the Thief. If you wanted to track that down and look at it, <laughs> <laughs> maybe in in editing, yeah, you might show a clip from that. There's like a, a spinning security camera, which is you can <laughs> also see that in the Thief. Yeah, that's quite funny because um, the thief um, is um, like uh, the first. I think it's the first brick Technique. film of yours that I actually saw. Um, because oh, yeah. it's around the time that I started um, like brick filming, and um, I'm like, oh, this guy's really cool. <laughs> and I and then I started watching like the other stuff as well. Then <laughs> actually, that, that that kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier with um, making a a non-dialogue film because that was like making the thief was kind of I learned a lot from making that because it doesn't have dialogue and because it was using a technique figure rather than a minifigure so I had to break out of my like built-in mode of animation I had to actually think about how to animate the figure previously (laughs) I was just operating on autopilot the whole time (laughs) and then in learning to do that with the technique figure then I could apply some of that thinking to minifigures so yeah definitely going outside the comfort zone will will make you better that is true. I mean, it still, it still holds up. Um, the Thief still holds up as a really uh, impressive brick film, I think. Definitely worth uh, giving a watch. And this one here, <laughs> the yeah. chop still holds up as a, a nicely animated non-minifig brick film, yeah, even the... uh, nearly 20 <laughs> years later. Yeah, actually, it is actually 20 yeah. years, isn't it? 2021. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it is 2021. <laughs> I forgot. Whoa. Yep, it's 2021. And I still haven't released a film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's always the thing with, like, when when it's, like, the new year, you keep thinking, oh, wait, no, it, it isn't that year anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's a really, really interesting film. Again, it's not, there's really not a whole lot to say um, other than watch it, because it's, yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah, it's less than a minute long, so, yeah, it's worth the watch. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I guess on to your pick, Jeremiah. Okay, yeah, so my pick is Lego the Hobbit, Legolas, and Keeley by Forest Fire 101. 
and this this is honestly one of my favorite brick films of all time one of the reasons because it combines Lego and the Hobbit two of my favorite things so therefore it's one of my favorites but also just the spectacular animation on it is just crazy and I also really the first person perspective on it is extremely cool mm -hmm. like I just I love the first person perspective like all the action the scene the fighting or like of them like killing the orcs and taking them out like it's it's so satisfying and I every once in a while I just come back and rewatch it because just of how visually appealing it is to watch and it's it's just honestly one of my favorites of all time because of how spectacularly animated it is the first person perspective it's just it's just satisfying to watch and the size of the set yeah yeah <laughs> the size of the set that too yeah it really feels like a a full area like when he's climbing the buildings and stuff you you, you hardly even think about that it's a set on a table you just think oh yeah of course there's more buildings and more paths and boats over there yeah it feels like it's it feels like it's in its own world and it's just mm -hmm. so cool that's really hard to I, accomplish i think yeah and he did it he did it so well like it just looks it looks so good yeah i think like um there's just like so much that happens in in just like one shot you know like um because i know they cut between the two characters but like say for like the first like like couple of minutes it's just like one shot um just there's yeah. just so there's like something to really, really you know a lot to admire in that um and um the the whole like size of the set is just like it just feels like so kind of real you know <laughs> um yeah. Yeah, it really does and it's still the first person perspective is still novel like i feel like you might have expected that some people might have taken influence from these but i can't really think of much since that's used first person in brick filming yeah there hasn't been a whole lot this video it actually is was the inspiration for one of my videos i don't know if you guys have seen it, it was called lego bard the bowman and it was kind of similarly set in like that lake town area and it was heavily inspired by that video and i had i had one first person perspective shot in there and it actually turned out pretty well but yeah like you said i haven't seen a lot of first person perspective in brick films since then mm -hmm. especially not for a full film yeah especially <laughs> not for a full film yeah and yeah i guess it would be easy for it to come across as a gimmick but i do think that they did it so well in that whole series that it, it works it feels engaging oh, yeah yeah for sure yeah all four of those lego the hobbit episodes those are some of my favorite they're just absolutely great and um i mean considering that it's forest fire i mean they're i guess sort of underrated in, in, in to some extent i think oh yeah i think definitely it's underrated i i wish they had more attention honestly because mm -hmm. I feel like they just don't have enough views That's for for how good they are and like how much work that had to have gone into that to make it look how it did. I just feel like they're, like you said, definitely pretty underrated and they definitely deserve more attention. Yeah, it's kind of funny how in brick filming terms, 2014 is kind of a, a long time ago by now. I know, I was thinking about that. Yeah. I was like, man, that's... That was six years ago. Yeah, like in in my mind, the Hobbit films are part of the like 
new era forest fire. But I'm sure there's a lot of people <laughs> who've uh, only come along years later. Yeah. And maybe haven't gone back and watched them. Yeah. So yeah, it's worth highlighting them again by now, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and the Hobbit movies are my favorite movies of all time, so when you've got Lego, one of my favorite things in the Hobbit, and you combine those two, like you just can't go wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a big trend there for like just two short years, like twenty twelve, twenty fourteen, <laughs> there was a lot of Hobbit brick films. Yeah, there was. I don't know if you ever saw the Lake Town Chase by Harry and Billy Brick. That was a really good one. Um, I think I did. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, that definitely stands out in my mind as one to track down. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it, but I'm pretty sure I've seen that one. Also, Brotherhood Workshop. I don't know if you guys know about him, but he's mm. done a handful of The Hobbit. And, and he also has done a bunch of Lord of the Rings shorts. I really like those as well. Yeah. Pretty much how he got his start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's definitely one of my favorite brick films. Every once in a while, I'll just... Jack, I'm probably going to go watch it after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we all have, like... It's always, like, a, I think a couple of brick films that we always, like, go back to, isn't there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a funny thing about brick filming is, like... Yeah, a lot of the times, the stuff you see earlier, the stuff that connects with you the most, you can come back to infinite number of times and just watch it over and over. And it mightn't even look like much to other people. Exactly. But of course, this still does hold up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember there was... um... (laughs) I'm trying to remember who did it. Um, I think it was originally Hamster um, Productions did um, Gollum Style. And that... I used to, I mean, that's, like, really not, like, hugely um, <laughs> much to look at now, but I remember um, when I was starting out brick filming, that was, like, my favourite thing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and, um, oh, who was, was it Brotherhood Workshop that did the, um, like, Justin Bieber baby cover with Gollum? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know the one you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, that I I used to watch that over and over again. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've totally got a few of those from like oh seven YouTube, mostly Weird Al music videos and uh, Summer Nights from Greece <laughs> Lego video. <laughs> I was peak at the time. <laughs> and of course, I still like those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just I was just rewatching that and uh, Golden Star. Looks <laughs> <laughs> like I can link it over. I don't know if any of you, uh, I don't know if you've have seen this before. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it. Like yeah, put it in the chat there. Like it's not, it's really not anything to look at, particularly. But <laughs> I think it's funny. It's got two million views as well. Actually, I think I have seen this. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that arm spin is actually pretty funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, he gets shot in the end by by Frodo. <laughs> I forgot about that actually, <laughs> and it's funny because um, Hamster Productions has gone on to do some really impressive brick films. Um, like he did um, Lego London Bank Robbery again, another another bank robbery brick film. Um, <laughs> and he I don't think I've seen that. One. And he also did um, New York City Gangsters. They're both really good. Yeah, yeah. 
don't know if I've seen those. I'm going to have to check them out. Impressive scale to the scenarios. Again, that was, yeah, I think it was the London Bank robbery. I used to watch that over and over again as well when that when that first came out. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that out. I haven't seen that one. <laughs> so I'm kind of thinking, is it a good time to record a bit of a wrap-up? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think that sounds good to me. But yeah, um, thank you so much for for joining us. This has been, uh, yeah, a great chat. Yeah, it has. Mm. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, I'm glad to. Thank you. Glad to be here. My first time being on a podcast, so pretty cool. I always enjoy getting to talk about the uh, nitty gritty of animation in particular. Hopefully, other yeah. people enjoy listening to it. <laughs> yeah, hopefully everybody enjoyed it and maybe learn learned something. So it was fun. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, bye. Bye.